Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. How many are glad we get the gift of the Lord? Amen. What a joy to get the bless the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Scott. What a great update on Kutztown. I got saved four times during the update on Kutztown. How about you? And uh, how many are excited about that? That's amazing what God's doing there. And uh, my word, it's, it's wonderful. Hey, we're going to go to God's word in just a moment. It's great to see you all this morning on this beautiful, beautiful uh, Sunday morning here at GT. And you know what? I want to mention two quick things before we jump into God's word. It's so awesome. We know that there's some horrible things happening around the world. And we're praying, of course, for Ukraine and all the refugees. Can I get a big amen? We're all praying and believing God to end that thing and for God's mercy. And, um, but the Lord is, he's, he's moving, but God is, is still moving around the world and some restrictions have lifted. If you go out to the missions hub uh, this, this morning or, or in, the, in the upcoming days, you're going to find some information uh, that restrictions are lifted in Zimbabwe, Africa. And uh, man, I just bought my ticket and my wife's a couple of days ago. We're going back to the Lord Terry in uh, the, uh, September uh, for a, a massive crusade there uh, to plant a church in a great area. And um, so we're thrilled about that. And if you feel God nudging you to be part of that, you can go out there, Pastor Maritza, our mission pastor, has the info. And uh, so it's all there, Zimbabwe, uh, 2022. We're thrilled about that. And also we're thrilled that in that November 30th to December 9th of this year, should the Lord tarry, how many wouldn't mind if the rapture happened right now? Come on. Now, uh, now, now listen, I'm in the mood to preach. I mean, I'm in the mood. The rapture, go, I, I'm out of here. Come on, how many are ready to go? And so, but anyhow, if the rapture doesn't happen, uh, November 30th, we're going back to the Lord Terry to Israel for times of refreshing tour to Israel. And uh, the bus is already uh, filling up. Actually, it's almost filled. There's still spots available. And, um, but we're announcing it for the first time at GT right now because all restrictions have lift, no need for uh, a, a mask, no need for a vaccine. And uh, so it's going to be awesome. And uh, one of my close friends just got back from a tour to Israel. So it was amazing. And uh, we've been there numerous times, and it is the trip of a lifetime. Uh, well, baptism in the Jordan River, we hold you under a little bit longer than normal because it's the Jordan. And uh, we just till you start to shake, and we let you back up, whatever. Now, when I, I baptized my mother-in-law in Israel. I kept her under me in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Shadrach, Meshach, and the way we go. Uh, you know, whatever, name of the Zebusites, the high tides, the buzzer, whatever. I, I took too long with that, but whatever. But it's going to be a great trip to Israel. And uh, But if you want to go, I just read a church in, in uh, near Baltimore uh, last weekend and never even mentioned Israel, but they went to a website and, and, and three people and possibly four more are coming from that church. And, uh, there's Again, the bus is almost full, so if you want to go, uh, get the information at the table. Uh, Molly uh, Lee's our, our trip coordinator. Uh, you can, my wife will be out there. No, she's my wife. She's not my oldest daughter. She's my wife. Okay, she'll be out there. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Come on. She'll be out there this morning for all the services and Molly. Answer any questions, but you, man, this is a trip of a lifetime, literally walking in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. So love to have you join us. All the info's out there. Hey, if you're in the mood to be discouraged, you can kind of walk out right now because it's going to be all be good. Is it okay if we have just good news this morning? Uh, you've been watching the news, lots, a lot of stuff happening. But let's be open for some good news. It's Exodus chapter 16. I know most of you have Exodus all memorized, but those that don't uh, could follow on the screen. Just kidding you. But Exodus chapter 16, uh, going to be getting verse number one. I'm uh, going to read on down a few verses here, and here's what the Word says on a beautiful Sunday morning here at GT. It goes like this, Exodus 16, verse 1, and it reads, The whole Israelite community set out from Eel. Can I stop for a second? Can you guys turn up these, these monitor things, if you could, till blood comes out of my ears? That would be awesome. And uh, nice and loud. I just think so much. Exodus 16, 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they come out of Egypt. In the desert, all community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Uh, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out in this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Verse 4 said, then the Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. 
that people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I'll test them and see whether they'll follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was, from, it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. In the morning you'll see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you are not grumbling against us but against the Lord? And since in verse, let me pick it up at them. Well, ever still speaking, the Israelite community, they looked around toward the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you'll eat meat in the morning, you'll be filled with bread. Then you'll know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes of frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? They didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. And verse 35 says that same chapter. The Israelites ate manna 40 years. Until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. And then one more scripture, Revelation chapter 2, at verse 17, it says this. Anyone who has ears to hear, uh, to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that's been hidden away in heaven. And I will give to each one a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. You know, when you study your Bible, there are so many titles given to the person of Jesus Christ. And when you study your Bible, uh, there's some 300 and 67 titles that point to the person of the Lord Jesus. Uh, that's one for every day of the year and two just for the fun of it. So Jesus is our Savior who's always more than enough. If you need a Savior, He's your Savior. You need a healer, what a service in this house. Two weeks ago, someone shouted, man, uh, what a time uh, watching it uh, of healing God's power. You need a healer. He is over Rapha. I am the God that heals you. Uh, if you're thirsty, he is the water of life. And so you study your Bible, uh, all the names and titles of Jesus. And in the Old Testament, there's so many pictures and, and types that point to the person of Jesus. And uh, one of my favorites is found in the tabernacle where many things point to Christ. But one of them is a table of the sobering. Every time the priest would walk in the tabernacle, in the temple, uh, there was a table uh, of the showbread or the table of, of God's presence. So every time the, the priest would, uh, would walk in, he, he'd see there at uh, a table, a piece of bread, a, a loaf of bread that would speak to the fact that Jesus is coming as the bread of life. But in fact, John 6, 32, it says this. Jesus said, I tell the truth. Moses did not give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Can you imagine the picture uh, that Christ is the bread of life? He says it in John 6, I am the bread of life. Then you go back to the idea of the manna that was provided for some 40 years. Uh, scholars that have researched this have, have estimated some roughly 3 million people that lived, that, that were part of this miracle. Imagine every day, imagine for 40 years it required, for, imagine 4,500 tons of manna of bread that was supplied every day for 40 years. If you do the math, you got some free time, so I did it for you. You do the math for 40 years. It's estimated that every day, all that bread for all those years, is just under 66 million tons of bread. God delivered over 40 years. 
Never was one day where God was late. Never one day God never showed up. Never one day where God said, oops. God never says, oops. But imagine all those tons and, and millions. And, and, and so you look at the miracle of the manna that wake up every morning and never was for 40 years. And then you go to the verse I read in Revelation. The church of Pergamum, they had some issues and struggles and, and the Lord brought correction. But the Lord says in their, in their city that Satan has set up his throne. And we're living in an hour where Satan is as active as he's ever been, church. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And so we see the attacks of the devil in our world, in our own lives, our own area. And yet it says the church of Pergamum that if you're victorious, if you're an overcomer, are there any overcomers in the room this morning? Anybody got victory in the house? I, you know, I, I don't always get that. I was walking out in, in the great atrium greeting people. I, I met Cordeth. She was a, a greeter over that door over there. Uh, she's from Jamaica. She became a nationalized citizen uh, this past Friday. Let's welcome her as a U.S. citizen. Amazing. Amazing. You see, she's at her door, at her post, serving Jesus Christ. I, I look at her, and I see a victorious believer. I sense some excitement. Listen, I, I know we've got battles. But if you are full of Jesus, there's someone living on the inside of you. that you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer, the Bible says. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so the Lord says this to that church. You that overcome, I've got some hidden manner for you. I've got some hidden, because many are asking. We see the news and the war. We hear about nuclear war and all these things. And many folks are freaking out. I'm serving notice on the devil this morning that we are the children of the Most High God. And you and I do not need to walk in fear. How come? Because we have access to the hidden manna. I pray this morning, my son, I pray somebody skips all the way to your car. Even if you're in parking lot Z, which is 10 miles away, I pray that you can skip all the way to your car. Walking out saying, listen, I do have problems. I do have troubles. But my God's greater and my God's faithful and my God is the bread of life. Here's what he says. I've got hidden manna for you. Like he had manna for the Israelites for 40 years. God's saying to you this morning, I have hidden manna for you in these last days. Now, when you look at the miracle of the manna uh, back in Exodus, and there's some lessons that we can learn that surrounded that 40-year-long miracle in the desert where God met their need every single day. There's some simple lessons about the manna that should bless somebody, that should challenge somebody, and should encourage somebody. And the first lesson is this. When you think of the miracle of the manna for those 40 years, listen, it's so important to notice that the manna was given during the night hours. Very important, church. The refrigerators were empty. The cells were bare. There were no supply trucks. Imagine, every day, when they began this miracle, imagine the Israelites and their children, they're in the desert. And you know, when you're going to a battle, isn't it amazing? Often in the night hours, the devil comes in like a flood. You lay your head up on a pillow. It's dark outside, but darkness begins to fill your mind. And imagine what an Israelite family would go to bed in a tent or under the stars and they lay down and their hearts were overwhelmed with fear without, without a sense of revelation that it was during the darkest hours that God was making the bread. We see it over and over in scripture. I love Matthew 4, verse 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. Who am I talking to this morning? A darkness is engulfing you. Something has attacked you and your family. Maybe it's a routine checkup and, and the word cancer is now an everyday word in your family. 
Maybe your family was uh, like a storybook family, or there's been divorce, or, or, or heartache, or, or, or failure, or, or the loss of a loved one, and, and you're sitting here on a gorgeous sunny morning, but you are being encompassed and surrounded by a darkness. Isn't that where the devil comes in and says, see, I've got you. He attacks you in those moments. My wife and I know we've been there, church. He comes in like a flood. He says you're abandoned. He says you're lonely. He says you're never going to make it. He said, you got out of the last storm. I'll bring you down in this storm. Listen, I'm not minimizing your battles. I am not, who am I? I'm not minimizing your darkness. But I want you to know this, that when it gets really dark, and the devil says you're alone and you've got nothing. That's when Jesus is turning the oven on and making your bread. Jesus is firing up the ovens. Your provision is being warm. Don't you love fresh bread? Come on, somebody say that. The other day before we left, we did it. we're doing a marriage conference, my wife and I. And I just said, we're going to get a couple things in. So I went to the, the, the white missing farmer's market. How many have ever been to that place? Come on. You just, you walk in and I walk in there. I say, Jesus, I want you to come back, but not for 30 minutes. Just please hold off for a little bit. And I went in there to get a couple things, healthy things. And what's amazing how the spirit of God will lead you over to the donut shop. Come on, someone say yes. I was looking at the donuts and I felt God's peace come over me. And a man, a man was standing next to me and just looking. He, he, said, he said, This place is sinful. And I said, Yeah, but I'm thinking, thank you that there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, and, then, and, then, the, and then the area, when you first walk in, the fresh bread. And, and this, this one precious worker, I, I, I timed it because God's timing is perfect. Moment, I'm looking for the, I, I, I don't want the pre slice. Because I want, I want a slice of that bread that's about that thick in my toaster. Come on. I don't want some little thing, whatever. I'm not looking for a, a, a wafer. I want a piece of bread. Can I get a big amen? And so they're bringing out bread. It was like warm in the wrapper. And so I, I, I was going to get one, but I felt, why don't I not get two, whatever. So, so I, I walked out with one loaf. And listen, and what, listen, your God is so great. You think that you don't matter to God. Don't you let some devil tell you that you're not going to get through your battle. There are those that are, we're not minimizing believers going over the Ukrainian border, the heartache, and we've all been so moved by those things. I'm telling you, whether you're a Ukrainian whose life has been taken and, and uprooted, or you're in West Lawn, Pennsylvania, when Satan comes in like a flood, God says, I'll raise up a standard against it. There's somebody in this room. And God's saying to you, in those dark moments when you're surrounded and you feel like it's dark and you're just, you're just being sucked in and you're, you're not going to make this sin, you're, you're not going to do this sin. I don't think it was just one night for the Israelites. They may have gotten man on Monday, but then on Thursday they're going, well, Lord, you met my need on Monday, but it's a new day. And isn't the devil relentless? But they'll never forget this. He prepares and provides the manna during the dark seasons of our lives. There's somebody breathing in this room and God saying you, if I am for you, who can be against you? He said, in the world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So the miracle of the manna, it was given during the night when they were in great distress and they were the hungriest and lying there overcome with fear, God was at work behind the scenes. Don't ever underestimate the fact that God is always working behind the scenes. Lesson number two, the man wasn't only given during the night, but the manna came to right where they were. DoorDash has got nothing on our God. You talk about DoorDash, it's right there. How about heaven dash? How about they wake up every morning? They don't wake up every morning. And after, okay, I'll be back in three hours. So I gotta go. No, there's a drop-off center, honey. I'll be back. This I know we need water, but I gotta go. I gotta get the bread. He brought the bread to their doorstep. Right to where they were. So listen, that is both a blessing and also because of his nearness, it was also blessing, but great responsibility. Because you wouldn't even gather the matter 
And you'd walk over and crush the man. There's some in this room this morning that say, Greg, God, God abandoned me. No, his provision is right at your feet. He'll meet you right where you are. He never, listen, he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so imagine the, the man that was given, they wake up and come out of their tents and, and uh, it wasn't like they had to walk an hour. They'd walk out and immediately they begin to gather the manna. I, I, I want you to imagine. So as God sent manna right down to where they were, John 1, 10 tells us this. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came with his own people and they even rejected him. Even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn. Now the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Listen careful. In this room this morning, if you haven't already, you're going to begin to sense the nearness of God. Pastor Scott talks a lot about, about God's presence because he carries a passion that we all know the manifest presence of God. Without God's presence, we're just a meeting today, church. But the presence of God is what makes a difference. And so you're going to begin to experience in this room right now, God coming to right where you are. Some are sensing the, the warmth of his presence. Some are sensing God whispering to you that you're not going to go down. I will lift you up in due season. He's speaking to a marriage. You're running a call to quits, but God says, I'm coming to you. I've got bread from heaven for you. I can work a miracle in your marriage. But it's so critical that we realize he comes to where we are. But my friend, just like the bread came to where they were, Christ came to where we are, but there's some that reject him. I, I'm begging you, don't reject the provision of God. Don't be like those in John 1 that, that rejected him. He came to his own, but they wouldn't receive him. They rejected him. Let's now respond to what they did in Nazareth in Matthew 13, uh, where it says that they were deeply offended. He could only do a few miracles there. Uh, they were laughing and scoffing and said, he's just a carpenter's son. And then Jesus told them, a, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own people. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Listen, even though God is near, God is here, God is loose all over this room, you can miss the miracle of God. You can walk up the same way you walked in. And it won't be on God, it'll be on you. It won't be because, well, this, whatever, it'll be on you or on me. And so may we not miss the miracle that we see it in March chapter 5 as well. When Jesus cast a devil, actually several, out of a guy full of demons. Here's a guy, remember the demons wanted to go in the pigs, and the Lord sent up the pigs, and they did a, did a swan dive. They did a swine drop, not a, not a swan dive, a swine dive. And they, they dove in the water, they all drowned. Jesus cast demons out of that man. And the whole town wakes up. People that were tending the pigs were freaking out. They wake everybody up. And all of a sudden, can you imagine this? When they all grab their lanterns and they get on their little terry cloth bathrobes and you got men and women throwing their teeth back in their mouth and, and putting their wigs back on. And they're, they're walking out at three in the morning and they walk out, it's Bible, it's in the Bible. Not the teeth and the wigs, but I think it might have happened. And, um, and, and they walk out and they see the former crazy guy fully dressed in his right mind. That's what Jesus does. He sets people free. He changes lives. Listen, how many are glad the Lord changed you? Somebody shout, I'm so glad you're not what you were. Well, Pastor Scott says on 222, uh, 27,000 cars. I was thinking to think that out of the 27,000, there are cars that, are, that don't even know it yet, but they're going to take a left or a right and have no idea that on that property, Jesus is going to set them free and they'll never be the same ever again. And the town looks, they go, he's, he's changed, he's, he's, he's okay. They saw a miracle. And the whole town looks at the miracle. It looks at Jesus. It says, why don't you get in your boat and get out of here? Get your boat and leave, not the town, leave the region. 
in Jesus Christ. Remember the poor guy that got set free? He wanted to go, with, he's getting the boat, whatever. And Jesus says, no, he gives him a wink. I think he went and said, they're not letting me go. But he says, you go back to your hometown. And you tell them what Christ has done for you. Listen careful. Let's not be like his hometown in Nazareth. Let's not be like the people by the demoniac of Gadarenes that say, you know what, Jesus, you do some nice things. But you know what, we'd rather, listen, I'm not trying to be cynical. There's some churches that are like this. They say, Jesus, he wants you, but behave yourself. I'm praying, God, along with our pastor, I'm praying for such an outpouring of the power of Almighty God that, that devils come out of people, the blind eyes see, the deaf ears are open. Listen, Jesus is still a miracle worker, church. He's coming to you. He's, I'll deliver the bread right smack to your door. DoorDash for Jesus. For 40 years. Never a day off. I'm sorry. I, got, I need a week off. I'm sorry. This, I'm so, I need a week off. Okay, I've been delivering for 40 stinking years. He says, no, 40 years. When you go to bed, you're overcome with fear and stress and worry. I'm going to fire up this loving. I'm going to cook the bread. I want you to know I see you. I love you. I'll deliver right to your steps. So this morning, there's no need for any of us to miss God's provision. None of us can walk out and go, well, you know what, I just, you know, the guy, whatever, talked too fast, that's why I decided, I don't know, whatever. He's coming to you. Open your heart, man. And say, God, I am open for all that you want to do in my life. The manna was given during the night. The manna, it teaches us, came to right where they were. Third lesson, almost done. The manna was given during the night. How about this? But it required the morning light to see the manna. I love what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 78. It says that because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us in the path of peace. My, in our world, this is worth one more read. Because of God's mercy, how many are glad God's a God full of mercy? Great, great, we need mercy. We need mercy so much. The Bible says his mercies are new every single morning. That's how much we need mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon. I pray this morning for someone that, that sees fear and is overcome and distraught, whatever, with anxiety, that, that something breaks loose in your spirit. And the light of the spirit will illuminate your eyes to see that you and I have been provided for and that God will guide us in the paths of peace. I love John 16, verse 12. There's so much more I wanted to tell you, Jesus said, but you can't bear it now when the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He'll tell you about the future. He'll bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father's mind. That's why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever receives is from me. Listen, all of us, whether we accept it or recognize it, God is the giver of manna from heaven. That manna for the Israelites sustained them. Jesus is our living bread. He daily sustains us. He keeps us. He nourishes us. But what's so critical, he prepares it and gives it in the night hours. But we need the power of the Spirit to illuminate our eyes. Holy Spirit, blow through this room this morning. Next Sunday, that let worship be so strong. This altar's packed with people. Let, let the light shine in GT like we've never, never known before. God, give us a move of the Holy... No, I'm not talking being weird. I'm not talking about being goofy. Some say, great, be careful. We don't want to upset people. The move of God only upsets religious people. They hate the move of God because it steals away their power base. Listen, we travel to a few churches in 40 years, and there's some churches who are being held hostage by in spiritual people in spiritual positions. But when there's an openness, I'm not looking embarrassed at Pastor Scott. Man, I was so blessed. Uh, uh, two weeks ago, I am never, but that, that sense of God's presence, I have folks emailing, text messaging me, or whatever, and saying, man, God is moving. How many want the move of God in this house? We're, we're not talking, we're not talking that we're crazy and whatever. Listen, you're, I'm already crazy, you all know that. 
And you're pretty crazy too, by the way. But we need the wind of the Spirit to blow through this house, to blow through our town, to blow through our county. That our eyes can be, some only see the negative shelves. And they see the empty fridge. They see the high gas prices. And they see, yeah, I get all that. But let's not stay there. Let's ask God to turn things around. But don't stay there. There's a world to win, church. And there's a sense for us that we have to rise up. And again, I, we, well, listen, we're, I'm at the pump. I'm, oh, whatever. I'm pumping. I'm laying hands on myself. How about you? But my God is a God who owns enough fuel to keep us on the road until he comes back again. And so say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see your provision. Some today, you're one miracle away from seeing the provision. Remember the Old Testament, the prophet, his, his servant woke up that morning and walked out to put on the, the coffee, the, the Keurig machine. Somebody say, thank God for a Keurig machine this morning. Come on. I've recently been, you know, I'm really next level with French press. I feel so cool. French press is just pushing that thing down. Just pushing that puppy down, French press, in the name of Jesus. But you gotta wait too long for French press. Curry, you pop that puppy in, hit the button, in the name of Jesus, out comes your coffee. I picture that servant get up that morning, making some French press, man, getting some Sumatra, and putting on an extra scoop. It's been a long night. It's been a long night, and I think I'm gonna go a little dark, a little extra strong, whatever. And he's just, he's letting it, and he puts on the heat or whatever, and, and he looks up, whatever. His eyes are like yours and mine in the morning. He's got one eye half open. His breath could gag a mule. Come on, that's, that's your breath too, not Robin's breath. Robin's breath smells like flowers every morning. It's amazing. She wakes up, her hair looks just like that every, it's just unbelievable. And while we're taping, my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. But anyhow, he wakes up and he looks and he sees the enemy. He says, oh my gosh, what? He sees the enemy. He just wakes up. He begins his day by thinking, dear God, we're done. There are believers who begin their day like that. They watch the morning news over coffee and go, dear God, we're done. It's over, it's gloom, it's doom, it's dark, it's nothing. He runs back in the tent, lets the coffee get cold. He was, says, sir, you've got to get up. We've got major issues. And the prophet of God wakes up and walks out of that tent. And he sees everything that his servant saw. But he saw something different. People who allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate their vision, to give them sight. He not only gives sight to blind eyes, he can touch you and open spiritual eyes. That servant only saw the enemy. But you know where I'm going with this. If you know your Bible, when the prophet came out, he said, Lord, open up his eyes. Open up his eyes. And when the Lord opened up his eyes, he saw that around that you can begin to play there, brother. He saw the enemy camped around the camp, but around the enemy were mighty, warring angels, armies of heaven that were around. Oh, don't show just around, just standing there around the enemy. Can you imagine waking up and, and you look in and the whole idea of those who are with us are more than those who are with them, the Bible says. So maybe like that prophet. It's God, open up my eyes. I, I need to see the miracle. We're, we're going to see the problems while our church. Let's see Jesus. Let's see God's power. Let, let's see God's ability that, that nothing is impossible with God, the Bible says. And so the provision was there, but it required morning light to reveal the provision. Let Jesus so touch you this morning that you walk out saying, yeah, I see my battles and I see my struggles and I see my problems, but I see a God who's bigger, who's stronger, who's greater. That's the God that we serve. Are you still with me this morning? You're still with me? We're almost done. Is that, is that working? You can play a little bit louder. You play so beautiful, my God. You can turn that puppy up a little bit. Because that sound can make a bad sermon a good one. How many know what I'm talking about? He's the bread of life. I am the bread of life. God.
God opened up our eyes. Like somebody walked out with a vision. I saw the Lord. Yeah, I, yeah, we got issues. We got some struggles. I need a job. The cancer, I know it's a, But I see him. I see him. He's faithful. How about this? We're almost done. The manna that was provided by the Lord every morning for 40 years. It was required to be gathered by everybody. It wasn't, you know what, hey, GT, you're at our church, so I need, I need 15 capable men who can gather manna. No. You want manna? You better get up and go after it. You want the manna? You got to wake up and collect your own manna. Grandma, grandpa, mommy, daddy, teenagers, even to the kids. Listen, when it comes to heavenly manna, there's no children's menu that God provides. The manna is for everybody. Luke 11, give us each day the food that we need. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, the fellowship, and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and the prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. It says in the apostle for many miracles. And all the believers met together in one place insured everything that they had. Skip on to verse 47. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the peoples. In each day, everybody, I'm not big on repeating, but somebody yell out each day. One, two, three. Each day. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. This is for everybody. This is, that's why. The spiritual you're, not, you're going to still love me in, after, after about 30 seconds, right? Say you're still going to love me. Come on. The spiritually lazy will always struggle to access heavenly DoorDash. The spiritually who are lazy. Don't, don't get mad at me. You didn't come in for someone to beat you up. I don't want you walking out to your car going, well, there we go again. That's, that was a picker-upper, man. I'm not in my Bible. I'm not whatever. Well, well make a change. Give the devil a heart attack this morning. Say, you know what? I'm going after him. I want to seek you. I want to pursue you. I want to pursue you. I seek first your kingdom in righteousness. He said, you that all these things should be. So it, was every, it wasn't like, again, twice on before the Sabbath, but it was every day every day and for us to experience and be blessed by the hidden manna provided from heaven during the dark hours of our lives God's saying to you you have to be an everyday believer I, I want to I want to free you from frustration or, or whatever if you're a Sunday morning believer what what is that I really want yes yeah, Santo what, what is that? What is Santo, by the way? What is that, by the way? Holy, okay, all right. Habla espanol un poco. Santo. I can't say it like you, but Santo. I like that, I like that. Santo, I really like that. I just, forgive me. Oh, I feel the touch right now. Come on. Como se llama usted? I just a little bit. Listen, we're everyday people. God is whispering to people breathing in this room right now. And he says to you, I want you to be an everyday follower. An everyday follower of Christ. Hey, grandstand seats, come on. An everyday follower. Main floor, everyday follower. Those watching online that, that, that need to be home because of situations, we pray God fills you, God touches you. But I pray for some, I pray that all of those watching, come on. I pray we'll be everyday believers that wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made and I think I rejoice and be glad in it. And so it was gathered every, and gathered by everybody. We're all in on this. All of us. We're telling the orphans in Romania that you've got to learn for yourself how to walk with Jesus. You've got, you got to have your own your, your mama or, 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 or your, your house parent. You must have your own personal walk with Christ. You need to have your own personal walk with Jesus. 
Sure thing, God's your wife prays, but we ought to see God as well. Let's be everyday people and gather the provision He sends right to our door every single day of our lives. And I'm going to end with this. This is an everyday miracle. It's an everyday miracle. The manna could only, you still with me for one last point, we're done, come on. The manna could only be gathered by bowing low. Thank you, Father. Honey, honey, we did it again. Kids, I know, I know, we thought last night we were done, but and all the kids, and oh, listen, I can't tell how many times a giant up the street. It's happened two or three times in the last month. I'll be in a giant walk, and I'll see a lady looking at the, the, the big things of like, you know, grapefruit juice, whatever. And she'll look, she'll look up, and she looks at me, and looks up, and looks at me, and looks up, and she's kind of, so I walk over, because I've had to do that a few times in my life. Hey, ma'am, can I help you get that grapefruit juice? She says, oh. Young fella, I, I like being called a young fellow when I'm 62. I said, ma'am, I love them. I raised, and wait, why they put the big heavy ones up high? That, that's, that's a work of the devil right there. Put the little ones up there, put the big ones, whatever. that's a different sermon. So I grab this big thing and whatever, I, I bring it down, and you go and she says, oh no, no, I want six more. I'm thinking, you want what? You want what? Couldn't you get, couldn't you get the, couldn't you get the little, the, the, the little, you know, whatever? No, just, so, sh you never gather God's provision by having a jump. I just, I, I can't attain to it. It's, I see it. I see it, but I just, I just, I can't get it. He puts it where it's accessible, even to the smallest of God's children. And that's why the proud will also struggle to receive the provision of God because it requires our bending low and saying, dear God, you've done for me what I could never do for myself. It tells us in scripture, and we're done in John 4, 6, he gives grace generously. And as scripture say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. As the team comes this morning, let's all stand together all over this room. Now, and while you're standing, if Jesus has ever met your need, if Jesus has ever come through for you, would you give Jesus the biggest hand clap you've ever given him before in your life? Hallelujah! Come on, somebody shout! Thank you, Jesus! It's you! Come on, keep on praising! It's you! It's you, Lord! This is you! This is all you! You saw me, God! You see us, God! And he says to the church, in Pergamum. You ever go somewhere, you order a meal, and they bring it out and go, I wanted a meal, not food for a week. You ever have them bring out a plate and you think, what, what do they think? What, what, is, what is this, this monstrous meal? We serve a God who is more than enough. Because God says to the church of Pergamum, he says, P.S., I'll give you manna every day in these last days. I'll give you manna. I'll provide for you. But then he says, I'm also going to give you a white stone. Back in those days when somebody was in court, a, a black stone guilty, white stone was innocent. And when you, when you had a court case, they were given stones, a jury, and that they cast their stones. Who am I talking to this morning in the room and say, Greg, I, 
I, I need forgiveness. I need God's grace. And, and Satan has picked up all the stones of your past and he's pelting you. He's pelting you. He's pelting you. And, and the, the stones that are different colors that, that speak of guilt, that speak of condemnation. And Jesus says, I give you a white stone. Because when Satan's throwing rocks at you, he says, I got you. I'll bring you down. He holds up a white stone that says, I declare you innocent. I declare you free. I declare you are redeemed. Listen. God gives you a white stone. And also when a court case is being given, if you wanted a civic law to pass, you would cast either a dark stone or a white stone. The black stone said, the dark stone says, I'm not in favor. Uh, the, the light stone said, I'm in favor. Who is it in this room? He said, Greg, preach, sweat, spit, do what you want to do. I'm battling, man. I'm sucking wind. I'm battling. And God saying to you, I give you a white stone. I am in favor. I am in favor of you. I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Here's how we're going to end. A little bit different here this morning. I'm not going to, if you have never received Jesus as Savior, I'm not asking you, oh dear God, I am begging you to receive Jesus Christ right now. I know I'm doing it different than the normal, but I want to put it, if you're in the room, front row, back row, in the stadium or online, and have never made a decision to follow Jesus, when you walk out of this room, right where you are, first of all, prayer, prayer along the lines of, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I receive you as my Savior, your God's Son. You died on the cross for my sins. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're inviting Jesus Christ in your heart for the first time, I'm asking when you walk out, you go straight to the hub and you go up there, have someone go with you and say, hey, today, what do I do? I just prayed a prayer and I gave my life to Christ for the first time. Um, we're not asking if you're Catholic or Protestant. What we're asking is, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? For there's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. Religion never saves a single soul, but salvation is found in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. So if that's you, Greg, I'm here. And Greg, I'm not right with God. You walk out there, you let someone know, say today for the first time, I accepted Jesus. But I'm gonna close in a prayer, this great team, we're gonna a song. And if you're here and you're facing a spiritual battle, you're struggling, physical, whatever it may be, and say, Greg, I need today. I need the hidden manna. I need his touch. Whatever, if you just sense you have a need for more of God, or you need provision, you're struggling, you're battling, the devil is an attack against you and your family. I'm asking it, not as, not as, a, as your church evangelist, which I'm so honored, but I'm asking as your friend. I'm begging you to not walk out of the room, but if you need a special touch from Jesus, as they begin singing, would you come to this altar? And would you either stand or kneel and say, today, give me eyes to see the hidden manna. Give me eyes to see the manna. Father, I pray for victory all over this room. I pray victory all week long. I thank you for victory in the name of Jesus. Let faith rise all over this room. If God before me, who could be against me? I pray let faith rise. That Satan, the blood of Christ, is against you. You've got no authority in this room. You're a liar and the Father. We speak life over this house. So miracles, the front row to the back and to those online, would you confirm your word with miracles? So listen, if you need to go, the moment they begin singing, the service will be officially over. If you need to go, you got children, somebody may come up later. If you got kids who got your children, but if you say, right, look, and I'm here and I need God's touch, my marriage, my body, my family, whatever, I need to know, eyes to see the hidden manna. I need God's touch. The moment we start singing, you begin to come right now. Find the place at this altar and let the power of Jesus Christ touch. He is the bread of life in this house. So move in this room and I'll thank you for it now. Touch your people, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody stand together, come on. Amen and amen. Let's sing it.
She's off the throne right now for prayer. Father, I sure
I lift up my brother right now. And I pray for his head to his toes. Holy Spirit, flood this man of God. Take it easily. Get halfway to his car right now. But touch him at his altar right now. Holy Spirit, touch him. Give him eyes to see your provision for himself, his family. Give us eyes to see. Give us eyes that you never fail. Not one day, not one foolish on your track record. So let hope rise. Let them know a fresh anointing, a hunger for your word. Help us to daily gather the bread. In the name of Jesus, touch them right now. Touch them right now. Touch them right now. Touch them right now. May you be everywhere. Refresh them. Strengthen them. And guide them as we pray. Give them his daily bread. Bless, send revival to his soul, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, the power of God is all over you today. You're not alone. The moment you think God's forsaken He's just taking the bread. He's fouling up the ovens. Not anymore.